What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For your right to be wrong. Mojo Five O. Standing Ground is a production of Leahy Media. Drugs, strippers, and exotic cars. Can you guess what those three things have in common? Those three things are what Hunter Biden spent his money on while skipping out on taxes. Hunter Biden is now facing up to 17 years in prison for being a serial tax cheat. After special counsel David Weiss last night hit Hunter with nine tax charges, including three felony accounts. Now, these are on top of the three criminal gun charges he's facing in Delaware, where he's looking down the barrel of up to 25 years. Mr. Biden, will your father pardon you? Will your father pardon you? Do you have any comment on the... Will you go to jail, Mr. Biden? Will Hunter Biden go to jail? I think it's highly unlikely. And regardless of what happens, the odds of his father pardoning him, uh, to me, is pretty strong. I, I don't think Hunter Biden will ever spend a day in jail. But you never know. I mean, no one is above the law. I mean, that that is what the um, it, it, that is what the Democrats were trying to cram down our throats. Uh, and they were right, I guess, uh, when it came to Trump and, and all this other stuff. It was is they they love to say that that no one no one is above the law. The great American principle. No one is above the law. Yet they're all sticking up for Hunter. Biden. Okay, this is our billboard. This is our lead today. This is a big story. Uh, he has been indicted again, nine separate counts. Um, it's building. The case is getting. The, the walls are closing, closing in. The jig is up for Hunter. I, I think in, in most respects, not being somebody, I'm not an attorney. I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on the radio. But as I see these things pile up, it's very, very difficult to imagine that this little shit is not going to go to trial. So let, let, let's open with a montage of Democrats over uh, back in uh, 2017, 2018, when they were trying, attempting to remove Donald Trump from office. Let's open with that. Welcome to the program. Having reviewed your work, I believe anyone else would engage in the conduct described in your report would have been criminally prosecuted. Your work is vitally important to this committee and the American people because no one is above the law. In America, nobody is above the law. I believe we in Congress have a duty to demand accountability and safeguard one of our nation's highest principles that no one is above the law. No one is above the law. Not you, not the Congress. Anyone else who did these things would be prosecuted for them. Mm. We must ensure that no one is above the law. This is the United States of America. No one is above the law. No one. 
No one is above the law. It is clear that any other person who engaged in such conduct would be charged with a crime because no one is above the law. Hunter Biden is now facing up to 17 years in prison for being a serial tax cheat. After special counsel David Weiss last night hit Hunter with nine tax charges. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. Okay, good morning, everyone. I'm Jeremy Leahy. This is Mojo Fiber Radio. It is about 10 o'clock in the East Coast, 7 on the West, with you up until the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, my email, feel free to reach out. As always, standingground1776 at gmail.com. Standingground1776 at gmail.com. Okay, well... Um, Hunter Hunter Biden. Uh, well, look. I mean, we, we we've always known that Hunter Biden is is screwed up. But this indictment, this recent indictment that's been handed down, uh, just just to give you an idea, okay, of where this guy was spending his money. Um, well, the, the these are these are some of his expenses from 2016 through 2019 that were summarized in the indictment. Okay. million in cash withdrawals from ATMs. 1.6 million. $683,212 on payments to, quote, various women. $188,960 on, quote, adult entertainment. 397,530 on clothing and accessories, 48,000 on entertainment and sports. He, um, mm-hmm. uh, Biden allegedly claimed on his tax forms that he spent nearly 400,000 on business related travel despite having none. Uh, Biden allegedly paid $11,500 for two nights with an escort, but did not claim that as a personal expense. <laughs> Biden allegedly claimed $3,850 to rent a Lamborghini was a business expense. Uh, he drove that in 2018 until his Porsche was shipped uh, from the East Coast. I mean, it, it, it goes on and on. So what, what is the... What is the over and under? The over and under is he spent all this money. I think they averaged the ATM withdrawals to be about $4,000 a week. <laughs> this this guy was spending like it was just coming out his ass, which which, which it pretty much was. And we now know where it, where it comes from. Well, anyway, I... I the, 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 there's an old saying. There's an old saying. I think I think it might have been either Justice Brandeis or Justice Story who said, "Any lawyer worth his salt will always tell uh, a client or a defendant not to say anything to anyone under any circumstances." I think it's good advice 
the the best thing to do is just to shut your mouth and do not do interviews. Do not do follow the advice of counsel. I would. I've never. I well never. I I've never really heard of an attorney in a high profile case like this telling their client to go on television. I mean, I guess. It can be good. It can be bad. But for the most part, what did Abraham Lincoln say? Um, It's better to remain silent and be thought of as being a fool than to speak up and remove all doubt. So what does Hunter Biden do? Hunter Biden appeared on a podcast not long after this was handed down. And uh, well, here's part one. None of this is, is necessarily about me. They are trying to, in the in in their most uh, illegitimate way, but rational way, they're trying to destroy a presidency. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about me. What they're trying to do is they're trying to kill me, knowing that it will be a pain greater than my father could be able to handle. These people are just sad, very, very sick people. <laughs> that have most uh-huh. likely just faced traumas in their lives that they've decided that they are going to turn into an evil that they decide that they're going to inflict on, on the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So I get I, that's part one. I'll pay part two here in a moment. Uh, appearing on this podcast, that's Hunter Biden basically saying that all this shit that he did is somebody else's fault. They're out. They're out to get me. You know what? I have to tell you, in all fairness to Hunter Biden, in all fairness to any politician, there's an old saying, if your if your political enemy has nothing on you, what can they do to you? Nothing. When they have something on you, what can they do to you? Everything. Everything. Um, this is Hunter Biden's kind of Hillary Clinton defense. You know, I... Uh, uh, it could be the Comey letter or whatever. It's uh, uh, it's this is none of this is my fault. I've just been targeted. Well, Hunter, I, I got to tell you, if any other person in this country pulled the shit that you've been pulling with evading taxes, with your bullshit write offs and your abusive behavior and you on the on the border Burisma and the millions that you took from Russia and that you took from China. I mean, give me a break. All right. Let's continue with uh, Hunter Biden on the podcast. This whole idea that this this may not in every aspect be a Russian disinformation campaign, but it has literally every earmark of what the Russians did. Yeah. There's um, what's it called? It's called um, eliminationist rhetoric. Oh, yeah. Eliminationist rhetoric was something that the Nazis came up with mm-hmm. as a as a tool to to undermine uh, their political rivals. And then Putin has fine tuned it. He didn't argue with them on the merits. He labeled them pedophiles. He planted child pornography on their laptops and their computers. Okay, so you're, you're saying that the child porn that they found on your laptop was put there by Putin? Uh-huh. And, and um, you, are you also going to say that the Russians and the Putin government uh, 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 brought, crack, uh, brought a crack pipe and crack and brought it to your hotel room and filmed you smoking it while having sex with a hooker? Did, did, did Russia, every, every, everything's Russia. 
I mean, I always go back to um, the Hillary Clinton loss and I'd say, did Russia have anything to do with your deplorable remark? Did Russia have anything to do with your husband getting on the uh, tarmac on the airplane in Arizona? Uh, Did Russia have anything to do with you not campaigning in serious battleground states? Did was Russia? It's all this whole Russia thing has become like the new thing. The new thing. I mean, if I get a flat tire, I'm going to start accusing Russia because everything's Russia's fault. Nothing's Hunter's fault. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't evade taxes. He didn't steal money. He wasn't a no. Russia was responsible. Russia is responsible for the way that Hunter Biden is. It's their fault. Okay, continue with this moron. And so maybe only 10 percent of the people then in the public would believe this. But then when he would turn around after he got 10, 15, 20 percent of the people believe in the worst thing you can possibly think about a human being. And then when he turns around and said, and also he's a money launderer and he is against the Russian people. It's a lot easier for them to believe that. It's obvious. So I, I, I will say this to, to give to give credit for a guy who has done as many drugs as he's done, I would expect by now that he would sound like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys or Ozzy Osbourne or something. He actually articulates himself quite well. Well, he's well-educated, but it appears that the drugs didn't do too much damage that we know of other than just him acting like a complete moron. And now, as we sit here, Right. And we find out that the the Department of Justice is gone after him on ready for this nine, nine new counts, nine new criminal counts to Hunter Biden. Nine times, nine times, nine times. You know, it's interesting because during the election of 2016 and 2020, they were always going after Donald Trump, saying that he didn't he didn't pay his taxes, whatever. And Donald Trump would always come back and say, I use the tax laws. Right. But now what we have with Hunter Biden is different because we have he either falsified taxes. Well, there's the gun charge that's lying by, which his father's been fighting for against well for for years and i'm all for that too you know you lie on a gun application that's a whole nother felony um but on the tax issue alone everybody always goes after donald trump for his quote being a tax cheat and donald trump's explanation was always well i just use the tax laws like everybody else does and file my taxes this is far different this son of a bitch committed fraud and he had taxes that he didn't file for years and in his head, he thought he was going to get away with it. Well, look, you guys know the comedian Dave Chappelle. Dave Dave Chappelle summarized the whole tax thing and Donald Trump in Washington and what's wrong with the system and what put Donald Trump center stage in 2016. I thought this was very well said by a very brilliant comedian. That first debate, I'd never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs this whole system is rigged he said and across the stage was a white woman hillary clinton and barack obama sitting over there looking at him like no it's not i said now wait a minute bro it's what he said and the moderator said well mr trump if in fact the system is rigged as he suggests what would be your evidence remember what he said bro he said I know the system is rigged Mm -hmm. because I use it. Right. I said, God damn. (laughs) Never put 
pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and spit it right at the podium. <laughs> no one had ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> And then he said, here we go. If you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors. That's right. Enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, a star was born. It, it was it was in that very moment that encapsulated the whole broken tax system in this country. So it, Using the tax laws to, 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 to your advantage is legal, as screwed up as they may be, regardless of your station in life. In this case, Donald Trump having a lot of money. But during that debate, when he said, I know you won't change them because you and your donors do the same thing I do. It's just when I do it, you call it cheating. It's not. Change the tax code. Go, it, it may, but with with Hunter Biden... It's far different because Hunter Biden, prima facie, mens rea, guilty mind, did what he did with the intent of doing it. He was intending to deceive the government and the IRS. When he lied on the gun application, he knew what he was doing. You know, I, the, um, I'm going to get to Miranda Devine in a moment. I don't know if you guys know who she is. Miranda Devine wrote the book Laptop from Hell which basically outlines the whole thing from the cover-up by the media. The media knew that the laptop was his. Even like during the debates, Biden says it was Russia disinformation. Turned out to be complete bullshit. Well, here we are now, and uh, Hunter Biden is still is still continuing to postulate that theory and say that, oh, yeah, it's Russia behind this. Russia had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's screwed-up life. Okay. All right. Now, here's Miranda Devine. This is courtesy of uh, uh, Fox News. Miranda Devine wrote the book Laptop from Hell, and they had her on this past week to weigh in on Hunter's current issue. Look, I mean, it's very late and really too little. Um, Some of the most serious charges, of course, were allowed uh, to lapse. Uh, The statute of limitations was allowed to expire by David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, uh, who he and his prosecutors, as we were told by the brave IRS whistleblowers, uh, just blocked and uh, stymied and delayed all the normal uh, investigative avenues that should have been taken uh, by Joe Ziegler and Gary Shapley when they were investigating Hunter Biden. And so all of that was to protect Joe Biden. And ultimately, um, it ended with that sweetheart plea deal, which they tried to rush uh, to get the whole thing off the, their plate. But by that stage, it was too late, I think. Um, the Gary, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler had really scared uh, everybody. They'd managed to scare off uh, Leslie Wolf, who was the prosecutor who had been doing most of the cover-up, uh, according to them. And there was a new pit bull prosecutor on the, on the case, Leo Weiss. And uh, David Weiss, the U.S. attorney, just had to step aside and uh, let the case take its course. And so now that's what's happened without 
about some of the more serious charges. Um, and I think people ought to realise back at home now that, you know, you're getting all this um, sympathy play and Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell, is going on the airwaves and saying, oh, poor Hunter was a drug addict when all this happened. He was clean and sober in 2020 when he filed these allegedly fraudulent tax returns in which he was claiming, you know, 600 and some odd thousand dollars for prostitutes and, uh, you know, a couple of hundred thousand for clothes, etc. So, um, you know, the, the average American uh, pays their taxes and they go to jail if they are fraudulent. And that's all that Joe Ziegler and Gary Shapley wanted. They just wanted Hunter Biden to be treated like any other American taxpayer because otherwise our faith in the system collapses. Yes, she's she, she's absolutely correct because we, you know, you've heard you've heard the common phrase now coming out of uh, at least from my side of the aisle, and that is that we have a two tier legal system. Uh, there, there, there are look. Let, let's let, can we talk? Is that who's to say that Joan Rivers? Can we talk? Are you you honestly telling me that your neighbor? You look out your window right now, wherever you live, apartment, home, wherever you're on, whatever your domicile you're in, and you look across the street and you see your, your your neighbor, and your neighbor did one centilla, one centilla of what Hunter Biden did, they'd already be in jail, or it, or at least prosecuted or in court. Well, he went to court, but the they would be they they would be locked up, or or if you if you go to Trump Tower and uh, the Trump sons, Eric and Don Jr., what do you think would happen to them? What do you think would happen to them after a nine-count indictment? Nine times. Nine times. Exactly. It's got, the number nine always gets that one, right? Number nine times. For those of you of the 80s Ferris Bueller generation, I assume you're getting that uh, cut from the movie. But anyway, maybe you're not. Uh, nine-count indictment onto the first Sun. Okay, I'm Jeremy Lay. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiber Radio with you up until the 11 o'clock hour. My email, standingground1776 at gmail.com. Standingground1776 at gmail.com. Guys, don't forget, uh, we need to keep the station on the air, and that's why I ask you kindly to go to www.mojofiberradio.com backslash shop. That is www.mojofiberradio.com backslash shop, and get yourself some Mojo goodies today. Hats, cups, t-shirts, the Doc Thompson pillow, with all his great advice, and you are helping out the station at the same time it is the holiday season tis the season and now would be a good time for you to go and uh, get something for you and yours and help the station at the same time simple www.mojofiberradio.com backslash shop when we get back this up and coming election which now is technically donald trump versus joe biden rematch if everything goes as planned for the republican ticket and everything goes planned for the Democratic ticket. Now, we don't know who Trump's running mate is going to be, provided he gets the nomination. And we really don't know if Joe Biden is either going to stay in the race or if he does, if Kamala Harris is going to hang on. Okay, so but all indications are and I was talking to one of my producers last week is that Joe Biden is now so bad that there's no possible way he can go on a debate stage. To be fair to him, uh, he, he he was able to get through the debates in 2020, but even then he was kind of off a little bit, but not too bad, not too bad to the point where he could, he, he could do it. You have to just kind of close your eyes and think, could you imagine Joe Biden on a debate stage right now with Donald Trump? Donald Trump would beat him like a rented mule. 
Uh, the guy doesn't know where he is half the time. So that then feeds into the argument is Joe's going to drop out, but who's going to replace Joe and all that. So we'll get into that a little bit on the other side. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiverr Radio. Quick break right back. Drugs, strippers, and exotic cars. Can you guess what those three things have in common? Those three things are what Hunter Biden spent his money on while skipping out on taxes. Hunter Biden is now facing up to 17 years in prison for being a serial tax cheat. After special counsel David Weiss last night hit Hunter with nine tax charges, including three felony accounts. Now, these are on top of the three criminal gun charges he's facing in Delaware, where he's looking down the barrel of up to 25 years. Having reviewed your work, I believe anyone else would engage in the conduct described in your report would have been criminally prosecuted. Your work is vitally important to this committee and the American people because no one is above the law. In America, nobody is above the law. I believe we in Congress have a duty to demand accountability and safeguard one of our nation's highest principles that no one is above the law. No one is above the law. Not you, not the Congress. Anyone else who did these things would be prosecuted for them. Mm. We must ensure that no one is above the law. This is the United States of America. No one is above the law. No one. No one is above the law. It is clear that any other person who engaged in such conduct would be charged with a crime because no one is above the law. so happy about i'm on the pill aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids not her me uh you lost me there buddy steel man pills things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift so my doctor prescribed me a little something like viagra yeah but that's expensive and it wasn't covered by my insurance steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill and virtually the same effect i just called and got over 40 pills for only 99 dollars i have this friend who might be looking and well if your friend wants some help the consultation is free over the phone no clinic steel man pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package i'm on it i mean my friend will be on it steel man pills going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction 800-485-3208 800-485-3208 
That's 800-485-3208. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you? Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance law and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself, but now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-940-5165. 800-940-5165. 800-940-5165. That's 800-940-5165. You're listening to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, (sighs) I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. And Wendy has stormy eyes. China ate your lunch, Joe, and no wonder your son goes in and he takes out he takes out billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, while we're at it, why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he do to deserve it? Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way... Well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe? Mr. Vice President. He got three and a half million dollars. It is not true. Oh, really? Mr. President, it's an open discussion, please. It's a fact. Well, you have raised an issue. Let the Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Burisma pay him 183,000 a month? With no experience in energy? Mr. President, my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. He doesn't want me to answer because he knows I have the truth. His position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the media? By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank. By and speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and, being, and, 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 and just being suckers, my son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got, the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about Hunter? Hell. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. Who, I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. <laughs> he was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't dishonorably. use. Yep. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is and various not other places. True. 
he my made a son, fortune. Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he giving tens son. of millions? Right. But he no, wasn't giving right. tens of millions up. That is totally, totally, totally discredited. That has to go down in in the the annals of American politics being probably one of the one of the most heated moments in the history of debates since well televised debates that really started with what uh, Kennedy and Nixon in 1960 uh, but then again <laughs> things were a little bit more civil but the, the the bottom line is that playing that cut now is interesting because everything that Donald Trump said was true because during that debate it was it, it, the interesting part was that Joe Biden kept saying was Russia disinformation. These these were their talking points. OK, and that is that is the way that, you know, that that's the strategy that they're that they're using now. Well, in 2024, as we approach now, uh, well, less than a year, we go to the polls and vote for president. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this thing unfolds. Because it can go in so many directions. Now, they could, the Dems could, Joe could drop and they could go with the Ken doll, right? They could go, and you'll, you'll, you'll hear this too. This is what you'll hear from the left. He's like JFK. His wife's like Jackie. You know, they'll, they'll go for that young thing, but you know, whatever. A a return to Camelot. I mean, I don't know why the Democratic Party would want to, well, I get it. I, I get the image look. He's a smart guy. He's got the looks, the Kendall, and they may go with him. Who knows? But my impression is that if, if, if Joe Biden, if Joe Biden, can, if you can't debate, you shouldn't be running. And if they if they were going if they're going to have a debate, it's between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It'll probably be about maybe 30 minutes or something like that. I don't know. Okay, I'm Jeremy Lade. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiber Radio. My email, standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. I'm, I'm, I'm no Nostradamus. And I have to say this, to, to, to be honest, when, when Donald Trump and others started to claim that the 2020 election was stolen, I, I generally do not like that kind of rhetoric. I think it's bad. Um, no, I'm not an election denier. It's okay to ask questions. I think some funky stuff was going on. But to me, it's not sort of the epicenter of my argument. Someone wins, someone loses, something goes. There's no such thing as a perfect election. You know, there there, there is evidence of, of widespread voter fraud. However... However, you get to the point where you say, okay, someone's going to be president and someone's not. And to go on and say it was stolen, even to Donald Trump, I'll say that. Knock it off. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's over. There's not much you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, they swore in the old fogey and we, they, they got, they got what they wanted and now they're beginning to regret it because you know they've got buyer's remorse because the guy is an absolute disaster. Notwithstanding, there was a interesting uh, montage that was put out by I think it might have been an independent expenditure of you know the Democrats since 2020 are saying you know shut up with the Hillary stop being an election denier Hillary Clinton saying being an election denier is just I I don't understand it but anyway there was this video that was put out and it was on YouTube for a while and then YouTube of course naturally took it down and I'm going to play it 
uh, now for you. These these are all Democrats after 2016. After 2016, after Donald Trump clearly beat Mrs. Clinton in the election, clearly, no doubt about it. They didn't they didn't talk about her screw ups or anything like that. But this get get ready for this. If Donald Trump wins, that's a big if. But get ready for shit like this. We're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen. What about the 2016 election? Look. I'm not gonna go back into history. It was a stolen election. It was stolen. Stolen. He's an illegitimate president. He's an illegitimate president. You know, pretending to be president. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he didn't. One third of Clinton supporters say Trump election is not legitimate. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. You are absolutely right. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. The 2016 election was stolen. Got a nicer way to say that? Say Russia hacked the election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our elections. A little louder, please. Russia hacked our election. That was a 9-11 scale event. This was a kind of cyber 9-11. A cyber 9-11. Yes. Russia hacked our election. Russia, you know, of course, hacked our election here. Half of Clinton's voters believe the conspiracy theory that Russia hacked election day votes. We know that they were into voting roles actual interference with the elections themselves. We know it happened. Despite no credible evidence, 67% of Democrats believe Russia tampered with vote tallies. Hacking the U.S. election. Hacking the U.S. election. Russia hacked our election. The Russians hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacking of our election. Hacking of our, of our election. Russia hacked our elections. Russia hacked our elections. Stolen election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Universal assessment that Russia hacked our election. 2016. Our elections. Most young Americans consider Donald Trump an illegitimate president. An illegitimate president. He's an illegitimate president. Why is he illegitimate? He just won an election. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. I think I think that was uh, I think that was Pocahontas last cut there. Uh, my personal view is that any president who's sworn in as president is legitimate. Um, there w- there was someone. I got into a discussion with about three weeks ago because when it comes to stuff like this, I'm an originalist and I think that the rule book is good and I do my best to adhere to the rules and the things are the way they are. And someone said, well, if Biden steps down and resigns, said Kamala Harris won't actually be president. She'll be like an acting president. And I said, no, if if that happens, she will be the president of the United States because the Constitution in Article 2 states clearly upon death or resignation or removal from office, the vice president of the United States shall become president, not acting president. There were actually individuals when Nixon resigned that said Jerry Ford was an acting president. No, he was president of the United States. Well, anyway, there we are, or here we are, uh, in this whole situation. So as we now go into the, when the uh, the clock strikes midnight and we go into 2024 is where you're really going to, the mudslinging's already started, but it's going to go into overdrive. All right. To me, I'm, I'm switching gears here, okay? I'm, as, as Curtis Lewa would say to me, you know Curtis Lewa from the uh, Guardian Angels? I worked with him for a while. He said, oh, Jeremy, it's time to flip the script. 
these th- this event down in Washington over the past week and these professors quote intelligent educated people presidents of big well-known quote respected institutions learning institutions were under testificadium uh in congress and there was i would say a fair and i wouldn't say i would say heated from the through the lens of one elise stefanik congresswoman uh stefanik from new york who she didn't lay into them she she asked them all a simple question and that is 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 the promotion or calling for the genocide the mass extinction of jews run disproportionate or perpendicular to your core values of your institution um the, you know your rule book well you have to look at it this way and we've talked about this before on the program okay a student at a university a private university has the right to free speech uh they have the right to pretty pretty much say whatever they want including as sick as it is calling for the genocide of Jews, not specifically saying they're going to do it. Now, I'm not endorsing it. You can't go to jail for it, in other words, okay? Because a constitutional violation would have to involve um, uh, uh, the import of a, of, a, of a state interaction. It would have to be a court coming in saying, no, you can't say that. But all schools, private schools, when I went to, I was at a private school my first few years in college and we had a code of was a book was code of conduct and there was even things about certain dress codes and things like that or they expect you to be this and this and that is that a university reserves the right if you violate that code you can be expelled suspended disciplined or whatever so if you hear well it's the first amendment the first amendment for the most part We'll use Harvard as an example. The First Amendment essentially ends at the public sidewalk outside the campus of the university. But even if you do do it outside the university and you're going down the street wearing a Harvard sweatshirt and they know who you are calling for the extinction of Jews, Harvard has the right to expel you. Okay? Um you, you, a lot of you are in jobs that have certain rules about pronouns. Like you have to call people, ask people what their pronouns are, and you could say, uh, "I'm not doing that. I think it's ridiculous." And they can say, "Okay, you're fired." It, it's the same thing as the kneeling thing with the football. No, they they have their they have their rules. They can fire you for kneeling during the night. They didn't, but they could. So you always want to look. You always want to look at it the way Harvard. These institutions, these these well-known private schools, okay, they can establish their own ethical boundaries on a on a host of issues. Uh, you you can really really cast a wide net when it comes to the quote student handbook, whatever. Well, these three professors it was Harvard. MIT and Penn were invited down. You've probably heard this cut before, but I'm going to play it again. And were simply asked a simple question. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate your university, your institutions? Does it violate your code of conduct, your ethical code of conduct, which all schools have? And I'm going to play it. But however, however, oh, by the way, announcement. One of them, Miss, what's her name? 
McGill from uh, Penn has resigned. And Elise Stefanik, who you're going to hear in a moment, tweeted out last night, one down, two to go. And I believe the other two are going to are going to have to quit, too, from Harvard and MIT. Harvard has already apologized. Well, she apologized, not Harvard. Penn apologized, and then she stepped down. She's still working at the university, but she's not in. She's not president anymore. All right. So with that, let's listen to the exchange again. And actually, you know what? Let's put a little uh, collegiate music in it. You know, maybe the yeah the opening of Animal House for these three clowns. Okay, here we go. Yes. These fine learning institutions. Shall we hear from them now? <laughs> yes. MIT, Harvard, and Penn. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yeah. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews. Does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your I answer. Surprise you that nice. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted (laughs) at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. The 
does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Thank you. Well done, well done, my fine women, well done. Make us proud. My God, what a... When I was watching that exchange, I actually saw it live on C-SPAN. And, you know, I I had that sort of feeling as I'm watching them. You've heard the term silence is deafening or silence speaks volumes. When they can't answer a very simple question like that, you obviously begin to question what is actually in their minds. What 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 I'm, what I'm about to say is actually the truth, yet, oh, excuse me, trigger warning, this could be perceived as being a micro or macro aggression. I just want to warn all the little snowflakes out there that you may cry when you hear this. The president of Harvard University is black. She's black. She's an African-American. She's person of color or whatever you want to refer to. I'm not saying she's a bad person, I'm not saying she's stupid, but she did a stupid thing by not coming out and just saying, hey, uh, no, we do not accept that at Harvard. Any type of that kind of rhetoric is not acceptable. She stonewalled, she, she nitpicked, whatever. But I'll say this, if she's fired or she's forced to resign, it will actually be kind of refreshing thing in this country to see a prestigious black person have to step down from their prestigious position for what? Making racially insensitive comments. Let me say that again. It'll be refreshing to see a black person in a position of power. Well, I'm kind of paraphrasing myself now in a a position of power and authority to have to step down from their powerful position from making racially insensitive comments like so many whites have had to do over the years. Everything from art, sports, education. You have you have. Everyone from Howard Cosell to uh, uh, Jimmy the Greek, who made something. But here she, what she, what she, her, what she didn't say was absolutely vile. Think, think of all the all the white people over the years that had a slip of the tongue or something like that. Were like, all right, you gotta go, right? Without even, without even a question. Of, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't. Right away, you've got to go. So, if if she steps down, it will be quite refreshing to see a a black leader uh, uh, losing their gig for making racially insensitive comments. I know this comes as a shock to people, but blacks or people of color can be bigoted. They can be racist. Yes, it is. They. It's true. They can be that way. Okay. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiber Radio. Am I still on the air? Okay. 
Um, uh, okay, housekeeping details right up front. I'm going to be on the air tomorrow and Wednesday. My oops, got a new fresh show in the can, and then I am uh, I'm going. I'm going down to Tennessee. I told you guys last week. I'm going down to Tennessee, going to uh, Nashville, visiting uh, friends, and gonna see the sights on my bucket list. I want to see the Grand Old Opry and do all that. So I'm going to be gone for a few days. So Thursday and Friday will be a rewind. I might have a fill in. Kinsey, if you're listening, Amtrak buddy, you might want to do, if you want to do a show uh, Thursday or Friday, um, let me know, okay? You'll be in. So we've that, got that going on, and then I'm back on Saturday, and I'll be back on the air on the following Monday. You know, just if, if I could just backtrack for one moment, that cut that I just played of those... Um, um, those bigots from the uh, from the universities, those college presidents, as Elise Stefanik said, one down, two to go. Um, to me, that will go down in history as being one of the most compelling exchanges of the year, at least. And I would also say that it's going to put Elise Stefanik on the map. Now, I understand there's cameras there, there's drama and everything like that. But I literally thought that Elise Stefanik's eyeballs were going to pop out of her head. I think I said that last time. She was BS because she knew how simple a question was and the fact that they couldn't answer it. It just said so much about not just MIT and Penn and Harvard, but many other institutions across this country. We can't that that are lacking, lacking in focus on education and their politics. Many of it is hateful and bigoted. They continue to spew it. All right, I'm Jeremy Leahy. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiber Radio. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Tuesday, December 12th, right here, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talk to you then. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yeah. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it... uh, is if the yes speech or becomes no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment. 
this is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your I answer. Surprise you that nice. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted <laughs> as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard code of conduct, correct? Either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. <laughs> Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you. Standing Ground has been a production of Leahy Media. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. Remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn. If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.